0: Welcome to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, a show dedicated to cybersecurity challenges, solutions, a journey together, not alone. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week by Kevin McDonald, El Vaca. Welcome, Kevin.
1: Thank you. Good morning.
0: Hey, so we cover the gamut in cybersecurity on MSP 1337. And this last week, uh, I had an opportunity, you and I have talked about it quite a bit, where someone was victimized by the uh, pig butchering, uh, became a victim of the pig butchering uh, scam. And as you and I were kind of unpacking that, and we'll share a little bit about of it a little bit about it later. We started looking at sort of the broader picture, which is really what matters because pig butchering is a relatively uh, dressed up name for, you know, scams that we see all the time. So today we're going to talk about what are the real danger threats out there that uh, organizations and individuals need to be aware of. And then our goal here is, as we kind of tie up this conversation is going to be to give some direction on how our listeners can do a better job of predicting, which in not predicting, preventing predicting when you're gonna get hit, Pre- preventing some of these really, um, for lack of a better word, preventable things from happening or minimizing yeah. their impact. So Kevin, um, you know, your broad experience in in serving on InfraGard and some of these other organizations, uh, talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing in the threat landscape of what are the big ones uh, that are popping out. You mentioned a couple, but um, for our audience, you know if you could kind of list through and then highlight the ones you think we should talk about more.
1: So uh, there's a couple of different categories that we want to make sure we cover. And one is the confidence slash romance related um, scams and pig pig butchering in some ways is actually in that category. Then there are what I would call the fantasy win category, such as uh, publishers clearinghouse and lottery winners. Uh, being you know told you won something that you didn't and then there's just the classic get you to click on something because either they say your account's been canceled or you have a pass-through payment or um, hey check it out you know your account your email is about to be um, seen as full come here and enter your credential and you know we'll fix it for you The, the variety of them are coming out ransomware is by far I know we hear about this but it's interesting for me to talk to people about ransomware because they don't realize about how severe it is. And so we should definitely talk about some of that as well.
0: And to some degree, ransomware kind of stands on its own. Like if I think back a few years, all of the more data exfiltration type stuff has evolved from what originally started out as we have frozen your assets. In order to get your assets unfrozen that still sit in your building, we have to get the keys. And and now that's turned into sort of these other scams almost piggyback on that one or they don't need the ransomware one at all they just go completely around it and they're they're quite honestly by the time you are found to be a victim of one of these scams the scam has already taken its course and there's really not a whole lot left to do because they they got what they came for and they left without you know they were kind and closed the door behind them right
1: yeah yeah so if you kind of look at the stages of of Network compromise or systems compromise. It started out with, uh, you know, the earliest one was a was a scam where the the guy basically trapped your computer and then told you to send money to a, a I think it was a South African address, something like that. Um, and but it 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 evolved very quickly into let's lock the machine, let's take a little bit of money, and then it moved to almost pure data exfiltration for a number of years in the early two thousands. You would see these large databases of, of credit card data or other financial data that would be sold on the black market for whatever. The big conversation was about how valuable medical records were, um, you know, just for the pure value of having it for identity theft. Then we saw what I would call more advanced ransomware. And we've been doing this now for, gosh, I think about seven years, but a good solid six where it's, it's a good part of what we do. And now it's about half of our business is rescuing uh, victims. And it's it's in the many millions of dollars in service revenue because of the, the number of problems. But what's happened with the ransomware now is it's no longer the front end of the computer faking you into believing it's ransom. Sure. It's not just the local computer. It's not a server. It is literally the entire environment. And they very often or most often get domain control. So that means that they can act as you. They delete your backups, they delete your off-site backup, they delete any uh copies of you, you know, the records that you may have on some old server somewhere that's still running. Sure. And they actually will leave behind in some cases better documentation than what the client has. <laughs> so it just shows how long they're there. And they even said one guy actually thought he was funny. He said, hey I corrected your documentation. This is your actual network diagram. And he was right. So um so I think yes, you're right, it has matured and the damage has been Severe. We we've seen people wipe out their four hundred one ks. We've seen business owners have to reach in and grab all the equity they've gained in the last thirty years, uh, and it's it's no joke.
0: Let's uh, back up for a second because one of the things that I think that has happened along the timeline that you were you were sharing, you know, the early two thousands, the credit card compromise, you know, patient health information. We had a couple things happen during that time as a sort of an answer to to help us, if you will, catch up. So we had PCI get put out there like, hey, for credit mm-hmm. card transactions and some other stuff we're going to put in place to improve, say, your network hygiene and or at least the idea of the, the premise of check these boxes. And similarly with with healthcare. and later, in, you know, we had we obviously had the Privacy Act back in the late 90s. But then with the omnibus rule, you know, trying to tighten down like, hey, in the digital environment, you need to be doing these things to protect that data. And I think Along the way, we we lost the the compass that comes with it. We lost True North in that if we just follow what's been put together, we've solved for the problem. And the reality is it has nothing to do with solving for the problem. It has everything to do with if you improve your security posture, you reduce the probability, not can I answer this question with a yes or a no. So now as you fast forward what you're talking about today, and I think you could throw cybersecurity insurance in here is a lot of these are being used uh, completely for the wrong reasons. And so if you look at the threat landscape, it doesn't seem to be changing anything because we aren't changing our approach and how we use the tools that have been handed to us to, to address this.
1: Well, I think convenience, unfortunately, businesses have to run and I am not one of those that believes that you cannot inconvenience people. And in fact, I get criticized for saying this, but, Nothing makes me more irritated or, um, or bothered as a person than to hear an executive say, I'm too important. I'm too busy. You can't make me click that thing so I can log in. You know how many times a day I would have to do that? Do you know what my time is worth every day? Yeah. Do you know what your company is worth and how much it's going to be worth after a major ransomware attack? Right. So let's let's get real about the fact that I'm not here to try to make life inconvenient. I'm not a cop in the fact that I don't want to control your life. I don't want to tell you how to live. I'm not a control freak. What I am is sick of talking to people who've lost everything they own. I'm sick yeah. of talking to executives who've been fired because they didn't act or they could have defended themselves. I have had more tearful conversations with people about the devastating losses from this stuff. And you know what all they had to do? One guy actually was he, he passed over a $1,200 insurance bill less than three weeks before he got hit. It cost him everything he owns because he didn't want to spend the $1,200. He didn't want to do the extended password because it's too hard to remember. He had the same password for 13 years or something ridiculous. I mean, you know, um, these are the things that you're right. We know the basics. The basics are segment your network, patch all your computers, no excuses. Don't, and that's another thing, even though we've had executives say, well, you're not going to interrupt my computer while I'm working to do that patch. Well, at some point you have to, And so how hard is it to put your laptop on a table or open your desktop and leave it on so that I can maintain it for you while you're gone? You know what I mean? Stop making it hard and stop allowing people like the top salesperson to control cybersecurity because you're inconveniencing that person. And all of a sudden now you have no company at all. Um, The tools are there and we just need to use them.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think the other piece that we often overlook is, that we're, we're so hung up on the work side of this. Like, I mean, you and I see it in our world. Like, yeah, we have the example of the pig butchering and some others where these were more individuals that were victimized. But the reality is we almost do a better job at home with security than we do at work because at home, I don't have an IT department that I can blame. I don't have a, you know, third party MSP that handles my IT. But when I go to the office, I'm like, well, if they're going to make me do X, Y, Z, then I'm going to make them provide me with my cell phone because I'm not using my cell phone. And the reality is, but but if you were to have the, the mental uh, approach of, if I'm responsible at home, I at least have some responsibility at work. And we spend a lot of time educating employees, not on the home stuff, but on the stuff yeah. that they're never going to wrap their heads around because to them, worst case scenario, I have to go looking for another job.
1: Yeah while you're cleaning up the pieces for the business they left behind. So I so I have a my biggest issue there is that there's a psychological challenge, in my opinion, for us. And that is that when we're training and we're trying to convince people. And that is that personal responsibility, one, is important. But two, if you if you don't see it as something that you're going to lose or you don't see any loss in it, the odds of you spending any inconvenience to try to help defend against it are pretty slim. And so I've actually found that the conversation with especially the most recent couple of generations that have come up, if you you say to them, look, don't make it about you, make it about the person you say you care so much about sitting next to you, right? You're concerned about their future. And you're always everybody about equality and equity and all this stuff. But yet you're willing to destroy their jobs and their future because you're lazy. So I think, you know, the truth is that's the reality. And the other thing is that there's a balance, there's a conflict between what I would call the, the ownership of something and, and victim shaming. So I don't want people who try to feel bad or be punished. I really don't. I think it's wrong. And I think this is a very complicated world and nobody, even the experts, I mean, I'm waiting for the day to get hit. I mean, I've been lucky so far, but, and worked hard to not be lucky and be you know successful but at the same time. Um, when people try and they make mistakes that we should not be shaming that victim And causing them
0: problems now right because you're not going to get to the answer if you do
1: no and it's wrong and so but at the same time um those same people if they are being intentionally um stupid or intentionally neglectful then frankly they do need to be called out so negligence and ignorance are uh,
0: not the same thing right so being ignorant can be fixed because you i have seen over and over again where you know, the, the age old saying of ignorance is bliss, but sometimes ignorance is bliss because they actually have never been given anything else to go with it. It's the assumption that they should know. And I see it every day. Like when someone hands you a computer and says, welcome to the team, here you go. Yeah. That to me is negligence on the part who handed out the laptop. The ignorance is already in play. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and that's what I mean by we, we have to own... The front end of it, we have to own the fact that, that if you give people the opportunity with the computer, you just gave them, for example, allowing administrative rights on a computer to somebody who doesn't understand computers, you, you, you may as well have no security at all. Right. Um, so, and that's one of the big fights. Well, I need to be installed this and I need to develop that. No, you don't call help desk. They'll take care of it for you. Um, so, you know.
0: Let's walk through the scams for a minute and then let's talk a little bit about pig butchering and then kind of end up with where the, the, what we can do, like there's, it's not all doom and gloom. You got it. So we've got yeah. the, you know, the romance confidence one, like, you know, want to build a relationship. Um What are you seeing with that one? Cause I, I think I, the last one you listed passed to account compromise. Uh That seems to be the most prevalent one right now. So let's talk about the first the romance one will kind of end on the account one because i think the account one is the one that especially in the msp space it's like no don't click on that that's the 365 and now everybody has access um yeah so romance confidence what are you what are you seeing there besides the nigerian prince so
1: well that that's the original i like to say or one of the originals right it, it they all kind of go the same way and and let's step back and discuss what why i think this is so bad right now really quickly and that is that Socially, our country, our globe is still semi-broken from what happened with the COVID lockdowns and sure. the separation of society, and so you have people who, um, and, and many of the targets of this are elderly uh, or folks that are of diminished uh, capacity, mm-hmm. and so in some way, so the reality is they're lonely, they are looking for any human interaction. Uh, there was old online TV shows, as you recall, the shopping channels that, yeah, um, not yeah. to name anyone specific, but there were <laughs> people who admitted they would buy something every day just to get on the phone and talk about it. So the, the romance scam starts out with, it's just a friendly poke. And, oh, hey, it's really interesting what you have on your LinkedIn profile. Hey, tell me a little bit more about you. And then, hey, I'm really interested in that too. And suddenly they have pictures of them doing almost the exact same thing you or been talking about or something that they, they, they can align you sure. socially. They get you to share more information. You go back and forth. You may even get into some sort of an emotional or intimate relationship via connectivity. And one day they say, by the way, you know, um, you see all this stuff I'm doing and why, you know, I drive this fancy car, this boat and everything. You want to know why? And they start talking about their cryptocurrency. And in the case of pick butchering, um, they're actually gone to the point where it's no longer where you just randomly give money to somebody they've built. Complex, commercially looking built websites that have all of the functionality of an exchange to buy crypto or exchange um, uh, NFTs or, or whatever it might be, and guess what? It's not real. Right. But they get you to put the money in a little bit, and then they offer you what I think some of the numbers I've seen are thirty to seventy percent returns. Uh, you know, um, which which actually in the early days of crypto is not at all out of the realm of real right. possibility. The smaller That's the number the today, day.
0: I believe, the smaller number you put in today, the higher the initial return is right. to get you to put more in. And then when you put right. more in, they're like, you gotta that was just an example of what's out there. That was an exception. The the reality is you've got to put, you know, larger sums of money to see actual returns on investment. And then they get them in that twenty to thirty percent. And the the weird part, and, and you may have correct me if I'm wrong here, the, the weird part is when you go to pull anything out. And you yeah. can call them up on the phone and they will talk to you they're like, oh, yeah. How do you withdraw money from the exchange? Well, you've got to email first clue that there's a problem, right? You got to email yeah. this email address and then they'll let you know how much based on the current exchange rate, what you'll actually have to pay to get it out. And sometimes the, uh, the exchange rate to withdraw money is more than the money that's in there, which is how they get. Yeah.
1: You. yeah. Or they're, or they're telling you you have to prepay taxes in order to get the money um things like that and by the way that brings up another similar scam and that is the publisher's clearinghouse Mm -hmm. scam i have seen three in the last seven days uh somebody i know well somebody i know well who told me about a family member that they we've been helping um work through it and another individual at a meeting that i did was a training one of the employees mother in laws got hit and we're talking about zero in one case because they called me before they made the move and I got zero. 151,000 over a period of a couple of years. And I'll tell you how that went down in a minute. And then a million dollars for the third. So the one to me is the more classic. It's a more reasonable number to listen to. It sounds more legit, like you and I could get hit for it. So effectively what happens is they tell you one you're going to get a car and you're going to get X number of dollars in order for you to get it. You have to fill out this form with your social security number and all this confidential information. So even if you never give them any money, you've already filled out the form and told them who you are and where your banking is. And you know, your mother's birthday, all that stuff. Um, But then what they do is they tell you, you need to pay $7,900 is the number I heard twice in a row. Now Um, you have to pay $7,900 in advance to get the car. Then when you get the money, they write you a big check that you write back that you deposit, and then give them the difference. And so what's happening is people are putting this money in the bank. They pay the difference to the threat actor, the check bounces. Now they're responsible for the whole amount. Yeah. And so now the other thing that happens is once you start to realize, Hey, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. I don't want to pay these people any more money. They will literally start threatening your family. And in this one case, um, they were showing pictures of her of her children and grandchildren and saying, you know, we're going to we're going to kill your family. And so she continued to pay until she had no more money. left. Um, it's tragic. And so unfortunately, TV doesn't help because no. they TV shows that all all of these threats are real and that you're going to die and they're going to come kill your family. Well, in reality, no, they're not um it, the the odds of someone actually fit, taking um action on a physical threat in a cyber scam is close to zero not to say that you shouldn't let law enforcement know and take it seriously from the perspective of paying attention but no you don't keep paying them because one right they they have no reach they can't touch you and two um it's never going to stop and eventually you're going to run out of money
0: yeah so. their 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 incentive is financial uh, the threat is to incentivize you financially. We, I mean, that was one of the reasons when I was at the school district, we saw a very similar where they had hacked the cameras at these different school buildings and they were using mm-hmm. that to blackmail or threaten parents with, S- I saw your child getting out of the car. Imagine what would happen if that child can never get out of that car again and boom. Yeah. But yeah. the reality was yeah. it's all driven by finance. So yep. if you're paying... It seems really good until you realize that they're not even local
1: no and and they're not only not local but even if they were um, the amount of the, the so cyber criminals very rarely go to jail even right. cyber extortionists and people making threats very rarely go to jail because one you got to prove it's them two you got to prove it was them that said this thing three you got to prove it was their computer and have some sort of evidence to to show that and then four you got to get them in a jurisdiction where you can touch them So the reality is that all of those things very rarely line up. You you need a background check
0: to buy a gun, but you don't need a background check to pay cash for a burner phone.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of truth to um, courage is how you get out of these. And I like to tell people that Um, courage is how you get away from these threat actors, being confident enough to know that no, they're not going to come hurt my family um, and any amount of money isn't going to make it stop. In fact, it just makes it worse. Then they go to them and start threatening them. We're going to kill your grandma. If she stopped paying. So now you need to pay, which actually right. happened in the same case. They started calling the kid and that's how they found out was, Oh my God, is that why you're broke? And by the way, she actually, um, cleaned out the, the children's education funds as well. Oh geez. So, um, yeah, and it was, and it was out of a legitimate fear for her family. So yeah, it's kind of a bit of, Naivete, severe naivete the gutter in the beginning, but that fear, yeah, um, for people that are un, unexperienced, my answer is, come on down, baby, you're gonna catch a bullet to the forehead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't, you're talking to the wrong person if you want to threaten right. me, right? So, um, but yeah, do you need my
0: address like now, or do you think you exactly. know where it is? I'll, I'll keep yeah. an eye out. What kind of car do you drive again? Yeah, um, uh, exactly.
1: I had a guy try to tell me he had video. This goes back to the naughty wear stuff where. And actually, a lot of men should hear this too. But oh, we saw you on camera doing naughty things, and 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 what you know while you were watching pornography, and we we have pictures, and we're going to share it. And I'm saying, so I wrote back to the guy saying, "Hey, can I have a copy of that video? Because I'd really love to have it." Yeah, and <laughs> I was like, "What? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, hey, if you have it, produce it." So yeah. Um, anyway, I, so that I puts us on.
0: Is- you, you did the romance com confidence one, fantasy yep. lottery one. You touched on. So, pass to account compromises. I know a lot of our listeners have, have definitely been, if not themselves, their clients have been victims of this one.
1: Yeah. So, pass to accounts pretty straightforward, uh, or more importantly, somebody it could also be your account's been compromised. They're both the same thing. Sure. So, effectively, they write to you via text. They do, or they write to you via email and they say, "Hey, you haven't paid your bill, and it's it's due pass due this amount." And if you don't pay immediately, we're going to uh, shut off your account and you know, cancel your credit and any orders you might have. The, another one is the associated with that is the IRS. Um, you know, you owe us money and you're going to jail. Yeah. And most people don't realize the IRS one doesn't ever call you on the phone. And two, they don't put you in jail over the phone. They come and get you with handcuffs and you know, um, they send certified letters in the yeah. mail.
0: Have you, do you know so, how overwhelmed the IRS actually is? like i'm I'm telling you right now, like unless they hire some more resources, they're probably not coming to your front door anytime soon.
1: No, they haven't even done the 2019 tax forms for many people uh, <laughs> right. to this, at this point. so 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 I guess the the reality is look, um, never and I mean this, never. I don't care how legitimate you think it is. If you get an email that says, check my account balance, look at my most recent uh, transactions. Any of those requests should automatically result in you closing the email, going to the web browser, and opening the legitimate website for that organization and starting from zero. Don't ever track through anything. I don't care if it's a text, an email, uh, you know, pigeons that send you little messages. Well, and they're they're don't, at a level you know, of
0: perfect at this point, right? With AI, the stuff that's out there, they no longer have to worry about broken English in the email or. Poorly formed websites. This is it's it's legitimately looking like the real deal, and even in some cases, I would argue that if you were able to discern that it was fake, wow, wow, you should be on the circuit doing the talks and you know the presentations because I've seen some that I'm like the letter and the number like so that's one thing. L and
1: one, L and one,
0: L L and one. Like we don't have a good font system in address bars.
1: Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. So I think the, just you have to be skeptical. And you know, I I pick up the phone probably three or four times a week and call someone. Did you send this to me?
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
1: two out of three times it's yes, but one out of three it's like no, I did not. So um, those are Facebook the type of is like that, that
0: too, right? Facebook, yes. LinkedIn, compromised profiles. We're getting a request. I always think it's interesting when you get a whole bunch of requests at the same time from the same person. Something's yes. not right.
1: I agree. And so to that point, um, being skeptical and not being afraid to, to admit, I don't know. I assume everything's bad. I just yeah. do it because most of it is nowadays. I mean, the number of illegitimate emails I get versus the legitimate ones, and this is even after filtering, I'm paying for professional filtering and I still get, yeah. you know, a dozen or more a day that that get through. And of course, text messaging is horrible. So um, I think if I was to say anything to, to, people that are unaware, always assume it came from someone that wants to do bad things to you. Find a way to get to the answer that you need to do without having to track through what they gave you. What I mean by that is if they click, give you a link or they give you a website address, don't use that website address. Go to the one that you know to be correct. Sure same thing with phone numbers go look for the publicly listed phone number right for a bank don't ever give use the 800 because you know they do they have legit 877
0: numbers yeah yeah
1: Um, some of the best help desk i've ever seen is ransomware threat actors
0: right oh yeah i'm sorry wrong department hold on let me transfer you we got them we got them we got them everybody over here yeah absolutely remarkable so just realizing like we just kind of went through this we literally talked about through those scams that we talked about we actually did kind of address pig butchering right so pig butchering is does the romance confidence builder that's how it starts they usually come through via telegram or whatsapp or some sort they're they're usually pretty good about not using like a generic text but they Mm -hmm. send to their profile because it's always going to be a pretty lady that's that's far as i've seen that's always been the case um and usually the the picture that you get is gonna be the same picture that everybody else gets it's not like there's a different profile for each each scenario it's the same one which makes it really easy right like they have one person responsible for all of the victims right like this is great um lowers their lowers their overhead on on hired resources and and then then they get you to do the, the this is where the red flag comes into play you're talking about unregulated crypto exchanges, which isn't the problem. It's the fact that you're going from one to another. And we all have seen this. If anybody that's familiar with ransomware at all, we know that they very rarely ever want you to just convert U.S. dollars to Bitcoin. It's U.S. dollars and we need it in Eurelium or whatever the...
1: Yeah, yeah of whatever the current is. crypto they want. Yep.
0: And you've got to do two or three conversions to even get there. And now you've heightened the level of of anxiety that you have because in order to get the exchange complete, time is working against you and they know it because they know you can't possibly just push a button to get it to the... And so now what you owe is climbing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that scarcity, the recovery, a lot of people, unfortunately... So there's two, I think there's three triggers, straight greed. Uh, we have to admit people are just greedy and yeah. and they, you know, that's the reality um, recovery from losses. Several people I know are doing these more risky things because they took losses at larger losses in cases like FDX and some others that, sure. you know, they got hurt really badly and their retirement has been damaged. And so as a result, they're making even more irrational moves to try to recover similar to what I would call the Vegas gambler, you know, you're out, you're down 800. So you put down 1600 to try to get back 32. And unfortunately that's not how gambling works. So um, we have, we cannot pass over too much on the loneliness issue. Yeah. We have to make sure that people realize, look, we get it. It's tough out there. It's hard to be alone and not have associations and, and relationships, but you have to make sure that you don't let loneliness create a rationality and and eliminate your filter for stupid and i don't mean even you're stupid it's the stupid on the other side this doesn't make sense i mean i'm sorry but if if they could get returns like that on their investments why would they be inviting you into sharing
0: yeah um it doesn't make any sense that gets into the responsibility that we have so like this isn't just tell your coworker right do better like we have to tell our kids like you know i get chastised all the time because i don't want my kids to be on snapchat and tiktok And I'm like, they're like, boy, we use Snapchat for everything. I'm like, that's problem number one. I don't use Snapchat for everything, which means I'm not on Snapchat. TikTok, if the government is now trickling through the states banning TikTok, come on, guys, like this isn't rocket science. There's a reason that we're being asked not to use some of these things. Like, it's not saying don't use any social media, saying don't use this one. So, yeah, as we kind of wrap this up, like, you know we talked about this before the show like that you know that there are um you know calls that can be made to to fbi you know local law enforcement especially if you're being threatened like you need to call local law enforcement um yes particularly if you could be the first one but what if you're like the fifth one and now you've established a pattern and now they have something that they can do like i i think it's easy to sometimes say oh well they can't do anything about it anyway so why am i calling We saw in the recent pig butchering case that we were talking about, like, even though in our heads and our minds were like, yeah, victim, bummer, they're out the money. So be it. Maybe they are out the money. But literally within, I'd say, less than four hours of our conversation, I'd say even less than two hours of our back and forth, they actually got to an FBI agent who is working on the case and is like, hey, you're adding to our, like, Credible information to help us do something that involves you not staying the victim. So yeah. yeah, I think we've seen a lot of hesitation in this in this realm because of like it doesn't seem like they're doing anything, just collecting information. And the reality is the best detectives in the world are only as good as the information that they have, which is why a lot of cases go unsolved, right? So yeah, we have what is it? ic3.gov or yep. I, that's a yeah, great so case the, to fill out the form.
1: Well, an IC three is 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 uh, being monitored in a way that it hadn't been in the past, right? So I think that's important to note for those that have that are aware of it. It, it was seen in in many ways as a as a information capturing tracking device that allowed them to see patterns and to yeah. you know understand what's going on. And you do build crime statistics for for uh, law enforcement coverage, but it's actually now being monitored to see if there's something that they can jump into quickly and intervene there are things called financial kill chains that people don't know but um, and i've worked with secret service on these in the past as well where you give money to somebody and the federal law enforcement international law enforcement as well has the ability to step into the financial chain and stop the money from leaving the next bank or you know as long as you act quickly so don't don't let embarrassment get in your way don't think you're going to fix it yourself stop pick up the phone call law enforcement go to ic3 if it's a cyber crime and fill it out immediately go to like local um, law enforcement if you're in a major city if you're in a smaller city you might be better off to to just go with federal and see if you can get help there Um, but one way or the other if you don't have a record of the crime when they do recover that crypto wallet, because we've seen them lately where millions of dollars have been recovered, then somebody has to be standing in line to get that money back right? or you're not going to get it. So truth is, you really do need to file the criminal uh, report. So It's no so different can, you know, than theft,
0: right? You've got burglars yeah. that ransack you know, multiple houses. Your stuff was in one of those houses. If you don't report that your stuff was stolen when they do recover it, assuming that they do you're still yep. not getting it back if you haven't filed That's the claim.
1: Right. And in fact, in some cases if you don't have the serial numbers, you still don't get it back. So right. there are there are things that we need to do to help make ourselves a recoverable. And that includes and I I can't miss this point if you don't mind. I want to make sure we touched on ransomware, but we didn't touch on the basics that we need to cover to make sure people don't become a victim of that. They're all the same. One, don't click on things or open things you're not right. supposed to. Right. I'm tired of saying it. Yes, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Um, but then, more importantly, you need to patch all machines, not just the ones that, that are easy. You need to patch all machines. Applications need to be patched. Firmware on firewalls and configurations need to be reviewed. You need to separate transactions so that your internet, your, your internet-based devices and your printers and your your uh, PCs and endpoints are on different segments right. of the network. Right, and then you need to use two FA. I don't care how inconvenient it is. Trust me when I say the inconvenience that you will consume over 20 years of using using 2FA will be nothing compared to the PTSD that you get from spending two months trying to save your jobs and your business. Nothing. There's no way to describe it. It is one of the most traumatic things I've ever seen. Not just being drunk, dramatic, I'm telling you, it does real damage to people. Yeah. So this little con- inconvenience you're complaining about is nothing compared to what you will get if you don't do it.
0: Yeah. The other thing to add is, um, you know, don't forget, don't don't dismiss insurance. You know, we we're quick to talk about yeah. whether or not they'll pay a claim. Let's remember, a lot of these insurance companies that cover cyber or that are in the cybersecurity uh, space, you're you're not the first rodeo for them. So even though they may not be able to solve your problem or pay out the insurance claim because maybe it didn't cover it, they at least have a, a process in place that will allow you to navigate through talking to the right people and they have those phone numbers at their fingertips. It's not just like, Oh yeah, hold on. We've yeah. never seen this before. Let me go look yeah. up in the phone book. assuming they have a phone book. Uh, and then the last one is um, it, for those of you that don't know, CompTIA is standing up what they call the volunteer response core. And it's, it's currently in, in the out phase. And I think there'll be some big announcements as we get into uh, February and March, but just be uh listening for it. This is a, this is meant for, you do not have to be a CompTIA member, but it's meant to help uh, businesses that are going through um, nefarious threats, uh, events that are obviously troubling. I don't want to use the B word because we know that tends to lead to legal and some things that we don't want to get into today, but but that's out there. And so again, I think the the biggest takeaway that I think uh, you'll agree with me on Kevin is that you can't stay silent when something is happening. Because if you do, whether it's yourself or those around you that you care about, it will start to spread because of the silence. Like you can stop this by telling people that it's happening.
1: Yes. And and the early decisions that you make can determine the outcome. So it is really important to get into a, to a group uh, of people that have been through it many times they know what's real and what isn't. They know the things that you can do that are big mistakes that can literally cost your ability to recover uh, or to um, get back your assets. Uh, if you wait too long in the matter of minutes, in some cases, if yeah. you go, oh, I'll call them after I get off work, it's too late. Your money's gone. You needed to make that phone call right now. The other thing is get those numbers in advance. Yeah. In Orange County, California, I'll use as a perfect example. They have the Orange County Intelligence Assessment Center. It's a fusion center with multiple law enforcement agencies in one building. You make one phone call to Okayak, they will find who can help you right there for you. So you need to know who your Okayak equivalent is in your area before. You need to have your insurance company's number before. You need to know who you would call if you have a network breach before, not after. You need breach counsel and who is your lawyer. Uh, These are all things that you must know before you get hit.
0: So just throwing this out there for those listening, which is predominantly solution providers, uh, Go, go sit down and take a look at your incident response plan, your business continuity plan. Those two things are kind of two things and almost one thing at the same time. Sit down. If you don't have one, You know, reach out to me offline and I will be sure to get you on a path through CompTIA and some other resources to get you started on building one. But Kevin just highlighted the three sort of main points. And I will tell you one of the things that we we were starting to do before I sold my MSP is every time we met with the client, we, we pulled up that slide and said, and these are the escalation points of contact every single time. And I remember doing it and going, we've been doing this forever with this client. Why do we keep doing it? And literally, it was right before I left, the, the client literally goes, man, I had no idea that that was who I was supposed to call for this. And we're like, well, we've been doing this every month for the last five years. What do you mean you just figured it out just now? Do you Not look at the slides? So it, yeah. it does matter yeah. and, and redundancy is not redundancy. It's important.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the other thing, I think this is probably the most important thing I can tell MSPs and, and end users uh, in, in tech, stop storing your documentation and your recovery opportunities on the same network. That's going to get compromised because I cannot tell you how many times I've heard. So where's your documentation? Uh, it's on the network. So can I get a password to your firewall? No, nope, It's on the network. Um, and so you literally have created a whole new problem, right? If the tools you need to rebuild are locked up in the cage that these people just put you in.
0: So, and, and I realize you just gave the answer in that specific example, but this is really why tabletop exercises are so critical. Cause that would be a perfect example of like, Hey, I need the password to log into the firewall. And you're like, uh, Oh shoot. It's over. Yeah. Not available. Oops. Yeah. What now? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. A lot well, of what now. I, you need to do a lot of what now yeah what now yeah so um for those of you who've been listening this has been a, a, a longer than normal episode but i think there's something in here for everybody i appreciate the listeners i appreciate you being on the show today kevin thanks everyone have a great week thank you